0: On today's show, we're going to recap the game against the Sacramento Kings. We have a very important update on SGA and Gabrielle that continues to look good in his NBA rookie season. We have the bet of the day, the MVP pick of the game and the Moneyball pick of the game all coming up on the Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team's every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I. L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, lothunderpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Call into the show for five three six two seven one two eight. 7128 On today's show, brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. On today's game, we're going to recap the game against the Sacramento Kings, give you a very important SGA update. We're going to talk about Gabrielle Deck, and much more. But let's start with that SGA update, because SGA is the face of this franchise. He is the the player that you are most interested in, and he's been out with that plantar fasciitis for quite some time now, and the question becomes when and if he returns. And now we got an update from Mark again today. He was asked again on Sunday and today about SGA, and it sounds like things are not as hopeful as Sunday Again, Sunday was kind of a blanket statement. of just, hey, he's progressing. There's no timeline. Today, we got some actual information. And today, it sounds like he's out for the year. Again, this is not confirmed. Nobody has said this. But it just looking at the six games remaining and looking at the fact that the tone of what Mark said today, I do not think we'll see SGA again this year. So Mark talks about how uh, SGA is a significant injury in that he also mentions playing in the Olympics. And I think it's best to just let you see and hear what Mark is saying, I've posted this clip on Twitter, but I'll let you listen to it right now. You can go to Twitter to see it at, underscore at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. Here is the entire clip from Mark talking about SGA's injury.
1: Yeah, Mark, is there any update on Shea? Um, no, I mean he's progre- like I've said before, he's progressing. I mean he's look, he's got a significant tear, you know, in his plantar fascia in his plantar fascia. Um, you know, it's not something that you should really mess around with. You know, if we got aggressive with him, uh, it could compromise him long term, which makes no sense, you know, for us for a player that is as important to our franchise as he is. Um, I just mentioned all the stuff about the season, which has a cumulative effect. He's probably gonna have the opportunity, he and Lou, to play for the national team, which the season bumps up against. That training camp, I think, starts a month from the end of the season. You know, it, it just at the end of the day, you know, we're going to do the best we can. Every team's going through some version of this because of all the circumstances. This is our particular case. Um, it, but at the end of the day, we're not going sacrifice, to sacrifice anything long term with any of our players, um, but certainly with a guy like Shea. And that's, you know, I, I don't know the details of that. Our medical people handle that. But until somebody comes to me and says, hey, this guy's ready to rock and it's not going to compromise him at all in the long term then I'm on board with, you know, doing what we're doing with him and, and being really, really cautious.
0: Yeah, so significance here, anytime that you hear that about your face of the franchise, not very encouraging. I, I think that, number one, it's important to realize how stupid and idiotic it was to ever think that Shea's injury was a fake injury. You, you can do it with Muscala. You can do that with Horford whenever he was just simply listed as resting. Like, he, Horford, they never even faked an injury for, was just resting. Muscala has a ankle injury, but at the All-Star break, they already told him he was not going to play anymore. And so this is just kind of a whatever type of situation with Muscala. With SGA, this was always going to be legitimate. This was always going to be something serious. You even have clips of him you know, cheering on his teammates. And whenever he comes down from cheering, he hops on that foot a bit and is really hurt. SGA has always been legitimately hurt this year. And for some people, I don't mean fans. Fans can make any joke they want to. But for some quote-unquote media members to talk about how they know it's fake and they know it's they know it's not real? No, you don't. The people out there, let me tell you something as, as a behind the scene kind of thing. The people out there who are who are just guaranteeing you that they have inside sources and are talking all about what they know and, and and they just are spouting off things left and right. They don't know anything. They don't. Right? They are just putting on a tinfoil hat and hoping to accumulate some sort of following by just throwing crap out there that fans are joking about and acting like it's confirmed. So fans were on the board of oh, this team's tanking, they're faking injuries. And so, quote unquote, media member was gonna get on board with that and get followers that way by saying, oh yeah, I've talked to people behind the scenes and this team's tanking, they're all not hurt. This is this is not real. And that's the route that some choose to go. But in reality, they don't know anything. And they did that because it's a, it's a thing that can catch people's eye. In reality, she has a significant tear and you're now doing something more serious than just in general plantar fasciitis but it seems like both recovery processes um, are about the same and that they're not going to linger too much into his future of his NBA career, as long as you play it slow and play it the way the Thunder are. I, I will say significant tear, right? The, if you single out that phrase, it creates this kind of panic. But listening to Mark, it's, it's good to listen to him and everything he says, not just significant tear. You're know, talking about playing in the Olympics and talking about that kind of relieves some of that, that stress, right? Because, I think that SGA is still hurting, and SGA is still nursing this injury, and SGA wants to play in the Olympics. And so you don't want to tell him, no, he can't play for Team Canada, and you also don't want to put too much stress on that on that body. If you are going to have him play these next six meaningless games, and then also turn around and have him play what is, for the Thunder purposes, meaningless games in the, in the Olympics, you don't want to put... That all that kind of tension and, and, and pressure on his plantar fasciitis, especially in a foot injury with any player, especially basketball players. You don't want to do that to them. And so I think that the, the, the hope that he can still play in the Olympics is good. It shows that it's not going to linger in the next year. And you just want to make sure that you're 110%. And he's still today jumping around in the Kings game and getting his teammates rowdy and, and celebrating his teammates victories and celebrating his teammates good plays. So that's still a positive for him. It is what it is at this point, but it's a legitimate injury and always has been. And it was just stupid that that was even a narrative that people came up with. So that is your SGA update. And we'll get into the game overview. Mike Muscala was out. Poku was out. De'Aaron Fox was out. Therese Halliburton was out. And Harrison Barnes was out in this game as well. Isaiah Roby starts in place of Poku. And Darius Baisley slides up to the three position. And I love that. I love Darius Baisley playing that small forward spot. I think he can thrive there. I think that that's where he should play normally. And so watching him play there was very fun tonight. Didn't have the efficiency. We'll get into his game as a whole coming up. Also, the Thunder in this game, we're only a five-point underdog. And I thought that there was a chance they'd win this game, as I said on Tuesday's show. But we'll get into the fight of this team coming up. But right now, it's time to crown the Miklip Ultra Player of the Week. Who is the Player of the Week this week? None other than Gabriel Deck. Gabriel Deck comes in last Thursday, makes his NBA debut And, oh yeah, he's asked to face off with Zion Williamson. Not exactly an easy task for anybody, much less a guy making his NBA debut. And Gabriel Deck, once again, proves the comparisons right whenever people compare him to Draymond Green and make the comparison to that kind of player and that kind of role player. Gabriel Deck can do that, and he can make a huge impact in this game, in this league. And watching him progress for the rest of this year Will be impressive, and I want to see what the twists and turns take for him. But Gabriel Deck has shown good ball handling ability. He's shown good passing ability, and he's a good defender. I like what we're watching out of Gabriel Deck, and his game will only continue to grow and get put more together as he gets more seasoning within the NBA. I'm fascinated by what he can bring. I think that you saw in this game, he he picked his spots too. You know, he picked his spots well from three. Goes one for one, and he is just a physical player, and he does not shy away from from going into a defender, and he's not scared of a defender. He's not going to be timid around anybody, including Zion. He's going to body you up on both ends, and he's going to make his presence felt. He is the Michelob Player of the Week. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, joy creates success. Enjoyment is not the end game. It's the whole game. Joy, happiness, and enjoyment out of Gabrielle Deck this week for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Check out Michelob Ultra and try them out because I love Michelob Ultra and I love watching Gabrielle Deck play basketball. They both bring me so much joy and so much fun and happiness and enjoyment. I love watching Gabrielle Deck while drinking a Michelob Ultra, so try them out today. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. Let's get into this game. So the Thunder got down by 17 points in this one. It was back and first, back and forth in the first quarter, and then things started to slip away a bit. The Thunder found themselves thought, at a bad third quarter, down 17. And yet, this team continues to fight. They won that 9 0 run. They get it down to four. They have a chance at winning it all the way until the end of the ball game. And, and that fight and that ability to drag out, knock out, drag out, fight your way through a game at this stage of the season is very impressive. Uh, given the expectation, given what you would expect from this team, it's very impressive that they continue to go out there and continue to compete, continue to fight, continue to want to win games. The players are trying to win. The coaches are trying to win. People confuse tanking and trying to win. Again, the players and the coaches are doing everything they can to win every single night. It's the front office that's not doing that. And you hope it pays off on NBA draft lottery night. But Gabrielle Deck was so impressive. I mean, the ISO possession on Terrence Davis, where he just puts his back to the basket, waves off Josh Hall twice, because Josh Hall didn't move at first, waves him off and wants an ISO, and then just backs the basket, bullies his way inside on Terrence Davis, and finishes him off with a hook shot. That was incredible. 16 points on 71% shooting, one for one from beyond the arc. Goes back to picking your spots well. And, and he's never going to be this blitzed in from three and be a great shooter, but he can pick his spots well enough to be a very efficient shooter. We have to kind of respect his shot a bit more. That is huge for his game. And then you can toss in the fact that he goes five for six from the free throw line, gets the three rebounds, has three assists, a steal, and just one foul on the defensive end. I don't think the people understand how hard it is to come over to this country, not know anybody. You're in quarantine. You're thrown into the NBA floor. You can't understand your coaches. You can't understand your teammates. And just, you have to play. And you have to play with your natural, God-given basketball talent and IQ. And you have to be able to adjust because nobody's helping him adjust on the floor. Not because they don't want to, because they just can't. They, They can't communicate with him on the floor very well beyond hand signals. And being able to adjust to all of that during the height of competition in the NBA It's remarkable. I mean, he's averaging 10 points a game in this one. Small sample size for sure, but he's averaging 10 points per game this season with all of those factors going against him. It's been fun watching him try to figure it all out. And with an off season ahead of him, that can really allow him to breathe a bit and adjust in a full training camp and preseason, possible summer league, whatever the case is, that'll be really good for his game. I cannot wait to see what happens with him moving forward. But in this game, he once again shows everything that can be an efficient score, that has a an above-average vision for his size, a great passer for his size. He can pour it in. He can play good defense and pick his spots from beyond the arc. You'll love it. You'll love to see what Gabriel Deck's done. Isaiah Roby had a rough night, uh, just a rough game. You know, he got his final shot blocked. He finished with six points, two assists, a steal, a block, five rebounds. But 25% shooting, 0 for 4 beyond the arc. Just a rough night from Roby. Rough night from Moses Brown in terms of scoring. Gets six points on 37% shooting. As a big man who does not shoot threes or jump shots, that's rough. 37% shooting. Gets 17 rebounds, though. 17 rebounds, 10 of which came from the defensive end, and two steals. So he's really good defensively, really good at ending possessions, really good at starting your possessions, but the offense was not there in this one. Darius Baisley has one of those games, one of those Darius Baisley games, where he pours it in, 24 points, three steals, I should say three assists, 11 rebounds, he did have the four turnovers, but he's really good at getting his teammates involved. And he made some timely threes. He goes three for seven beyond the arc. His three-point numbers beyond the arc, 42%, is very good. However, he did not shoot well in inside the perimeter. He did not shoot well to the free throw line. In this game, from the floor, he goes 38%. Not very good for him. You want to see him be more efficient. He has been more efficient recently in these last couple of games. But he does get the counting stats. He gets the counting stats of the 24 points, the three assists, the 11 rebounds. You like the game from Baisley, and he had some massive buckets down the stretch of this game that that helps you get back in this one, helps you fight back in this game. He was really good down the stretch, and you want to see that efficiency creep up a bit more where it was these last few nights. Lou Dort had another bad night offensively, but this game was not kind to the Thunder shooting. 18% from the floor, 25% from three, 50% from the line, 10 points, four rebounds, four assists, three fouls and a turnover for Lou Dort. Just not his night tonight. He still makes big impacts defensively. He still draws the fouls. He still does the intangibles and he does the winning plays. But in the box score, was not his night tonight. With all that just went on, I'll never stop being impressed by Svi's hops. Like Svee is just athletic at the rim, and it's something you don't expect from him. And he was had one of the plays where he's had a backdoor cut and was able to finish at the rim. In a back, he had a play like that where that got SJ out, out of his seat. It got Sia kind of dancing around a bit. Seven points in this one. Had the three fouls, two assists and rebound it was not very good in, in actuality, but he had a few nice drives at the rim. He tried a reverse layup that just did not go at all, but he had the hang time to pull it off. It just didn't fall for him. It was fun watching him at the rim, and it's been fun all year long, watching him have those Iverson cuts and things like that that you just don't expect from him whenever you look at him and watch him play. You know, Sfi has not put it together, really, as a member of the Thunder. He had a good start after the trade and then kind of tailed off a bit, as did Diallo a little bit in Detroit, but Svi has a lot to prove in these last couple of games before the end of the year to determine his future moving forward. Jaden Hoard, though, is a really fun player. Now, the, the two-way thing gets tricky next year because, for me, I want to see Josh Hall get a chance again. I want to see Josh Hall get a fresh start in a normal season. You might have summer league. You're going to have a full preseason, a full training camp schedule. You're going to be comfortable in your NBA environment. I want to see Josh Hall get another chance, a full G League season. I want to see Josh Hall... Get that opportunity. So I want to see that that takes away one two-way deal. And then you're going to have a younger player than Jalen Horde in the NBA draft that goes undrafted. I mean, there is so much talent that could go undrafted in this year's class to where they could take up a two-way contract. And then you have guys like Jalen Horde who have been around a few years, and you might want to take a flyer on them as well. But Jalen Horde's a fun player. He's really interesting. In his limited touches, he shot 66% from the floor, seven, po- uh, seven rebounds, nine points, a steal, and just one foul defensively. I think that Jalen Horde can hang around the NBA, not be a prominent player, not be a role player, not be a starter, of course, but just hang around at the end of the bench. And on any given night, he can help you win a a spot game here or there, but ultimately does not play a whole lot. But Jalen Horde has some of the stuff you like from an NBA player. I'm fascinated by what they do with the two-way contracts. I would love to just see them run it back and just do do Horde and Hall again next year. But they have more flexibility than that at their disposal. But I really just want Josh Hall to get an opportunity because he has played in this game, but you know he's been battling injuries and, and he has not gotten right with the injuries. He plays 22 minutes. He shoots an effective 47, 42% and 50% from the floor and the three respectively, pours in seven points and gets seven rebounds. So he kind of fills it up a bit in this contest and, and you saw that with more minutes. I just really think that Josh Hall can be the Lou Dort type of steel, not the not the Deontay Burton, not the Moses Brown kind of steal where, yeah, you know, you converted them, but they're kind of gimmicky players that you don't really want long-term. No, he can be a player that you keep around long-term, not to the extent of Lou Dort where Lou Dort's like a starter for you long-term, but to the extent of he's at least a role player, you know, bench piece for you long-term that you get undrafted and you get on the two-way deal if you give him another chance the next year to prove it. Josh Hall can. But Jalen Hoard is fascinating. I want to see what he can do. And then coming up, we're going to talk about how the Thunder lost this game. We're gonna talk about the bed of the day, the money ball pick of the day, and the MVP MVP pick of the day. That's all coming up on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teens every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. That's at R-Y-L-I-N. Underscore S-T-I-L-E s. I'm gonna say right now about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar. It tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. use promo code Locked15. You're gonna get 15% off your next order. At BuiltBar.com, they're great for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They are fabulous. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Try them today. Every bar is soft and easy to chew. They have 100% real chocolate on the outside. Try them today with their amazing flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, they're all great. They're all amazing. And they're simply something for everyone. My favorite built Bar is the peanut butter brownie. It tastes like a brownie, but you're getting all that good protein. You're getting all that good healthy snack from the peanut butter brownie bar at builtbar.com. Just go ahead and get yourself the mixed box, which it just throws in there all the flavors. You can try them all out, see which ones you like, and you can reorder the ones that you actually like. Try that today at And whenever you do, use our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. LOCKED15 gets you 15% off of your next order. I want to say right now, my good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Baseball season is in full swing, so you can bet on baseball at BetOnline.ag. This week is a ton of sport action. They've got the NFL draft that just wrapped up, the Kentucky Derby with the Triple Crown. You can also get the latest news, odds, and information for all of your sport needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC and MMA action at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for the bonuses and the contest information. Check it out today. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the postseason. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you'll receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. online, your online sportbook experts. So try it out today, BetOnline.ag, promo code on. That's BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So we are back on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to talk right now about how the Thunder lost this game. So so what went wrong for the Thunder? And it's pretty simple. The Thunder shot 35% from the floor, 30% from beyond the arc, and 72% from the line with nine turnovers. The Kings had more turnovers. The Thunder had more rebounds. The bottom line is the Kings shot better from the floor and the line. That was the difference in in this game that was within five points. They shot 41% from the floor and 81% at the charity stripe. And you did not do that. You shot 35% and 72% respectively. That's what lost you to this game. You're not very efficient not cashing in at the line or just from the floor. And so it's a simple way to describe it. They didn't have the end Fox. They didn't have Halliburton. You didn't have SGA. It was a wacky game, but nonetheless, you know, it came down to that. Let's get into the bet of the day. Brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. You know that we bet on every single Thunder game over there at betonline.ag. And in this game, I picked the Thunder plus five, and they were able to cash that in. So the Thunder plus five did hit. If you got that too, congratulations. We are now on the winning side this week. Now let's get into our Moneyball pick of the day. I picked Ty Jerome, and the Moneyball pick is who made the most three-pointers, and Ty Jerome did not do that. Darius Baisley did, though. He hit three three-pointers in this game. So if you had Darius Baisley, you win the money ball for this game. And now it's time for the MVP pick of this contest.
1: MVP MVP, MVP. MVP right now. You're the real MVP. MVP, MVP, MVP.
0: The MVP pick of the day in this game goes to Gabriel Deck. We mentioned it in his limited minutes in 16 minutes. He was awesome. He got 16 points, good shooting numbers, good rebounding numbers, good defense. Loved watching him play today. Fascinated by what he does moving forward. And I think that he's a legitimate piece for this Thunder team. Coming up this week, we've got mailbags. We've got Stockwatch. We've got NBA Power Ranking Roundup from Tuesday. We've got Stockwatch and so much more, including our three spins on tinklethon.com So check all that out on the upcoming episodes. Follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. It's the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll be back tomorrow. For another Mailbag episode of Lockdown Thunder, be good and be good to one another. We'll see you then on Lockdown Thunder.